You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hello and welcome to the Early Night Show live from the Broadway Makers Marketplace here in Turnstile Underground in the heart of New York City. I'm Josh Turchin and thank you all so, so much for being here today. Today is going to be a great day. And here's why. The Broadway Makers Marketplace just got some cool new merch. Look at this. This is from Boxed Up Broadway. It's a really cool Dear Van Hansen keychain. Uh, this is from Broadway Dolls and Guys, Jordan Fisher and Evan Hansen. There's also tons of different coloring books from Coloring Broadway. And this is actually something that I really thought was cool. Uh, a signed picture of the king from the Pippin revival. This actually reminds me of a fun song to sing today for the early night show, which happens to be from Pippin. This is Corner of the Sky. Sill. Children fit in the snow. What do I feel? I don't fit in anywhere I go. Rivers belong where they can ramble. Eagles belong, they can fly. I got to be where my spirit can run free. have their song don't you see i want my life to be something more than long rivers belong where they can ramble eagles belong they can fly i've got to be where my spirit can run free Sing 
sing softly to the dawn. Rivers belong where they can ramble. Eagles belong where they can fly. I've got to be where my spirit can run free. Gotta find my corner of the It's time for our next guest, Richard Hester. Thanks so much. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, hey, I'm so happy to have you on. So what have you been up to? Well, you know, for two years, nothing. <laughs> the the uh, it's We're in pre-production for a new musical version of The Karate Kid. And we're going to start rehearsals next month in St. Louis. And hopefully a year from now, you'll see it here in New York. Yay! How many times have you seen Karate Kid so far? Honestly, I missed Karate Kid when it w when it first came out. I'm embarrassed to say that I saw it for the first time about a year ago. You know, don't be embarrassed because <laughs> I still have not seen it. I pro I really need to though. The the guy who wrote the original movie wrote the book for the musical, and uh, Drew Gasparini wrote the music. And it's gonna be pretty cool, I think. I think it's gonna be pretty great. Yeah, I, I really, really can't wait to see it, hopefully when it comes to New York. Uh, question for you, have you seen Cobra Kai? I've started watching Cobra Kai, and the, all of the actors in Cobra Kai, of course, were in the original movie. Mm -hmm. So we're sort of hoping they all show up to opening night. Uh, yes, I have not seen my parents so <laughs> enthralled by a TV show. I mean, other than the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, um, but and I, I I know someone in it, which is really cool. And with I, I still need to get into it. I need to watch. Yeah, it you, you and me both. We should yeah. we should start watching. Oh it. yes, yes. If you have any t free time within the next <laughs> few months, please let me know because we can we can do Karate Kid marathon. Perfect. Um, now you wrote a book over the quarantine, correct? You know, it, it's funny. I was listening to you sing your fantastic song, oh, thank you. and. In a lot of ways, your response to writing that song was my response in writing this book. And what happened at the beginning of the quarantine is that everybody freaked out. And I feel like we all got bullied online, yeah. all of us. And sort of as a country, we got bullied. And what I saw happening on social media was that people were posting things that were, they were panicking and they were posting stuff because I think they were terrified. I think they were scared. And so they were posting things that were not true or things that were just sort of mean and awful. And I, like literally from the first day of the lockdown, I was looking at all this and I said, you know what, that's not what's going on. Everyone calm down. This is what is actually happening. Out of all these six things that people are all having a meltdown about, these four things are fake. They're not actually, it's not actually a thing. This is what's happening. This is what we actually know. And this is what's going to be done about it. Mm -hmm. And I started writing every single day. Really, I, I needed a job. And so I made that my job and I started writing it. And after about 30 of them, I started getting texts from people saying, where is it? 
Was well, that when you sort of realized, oh, I, you have to do this for like the next year? I, I have to do it every day. And I was yeah. like, huh. And, but I had nothing else to do. Yeah. And so I, I, kept, I kept writing and I always tried to end it up. I always tried to make it positive, saying no matter how awful this looks, we're going to be fine. We're going to be good. And I was right. We're here. Yeah. And this is the book. There it is. This is the book. And this is uh, like every single one of your essays that you wrote online. It all went into this book. It, it all went. To, and I, I cut them down a little bit. There was there was uh, it would have been about 1400 pages long if I put the whole thing in there. <laughs> so the, they're, they're cut down. And wow. it really was a whole group of people who were finding things to do in the pandemic contributed to this book. So my sister, who suddenly found herself without work, had painted when she was young. And then she started raising a family and working, and she stopped painting. So she started painting. And I also started taking pictures during the pandemic. So my sister painted the cover off of one of my photographs. Wow. So, she, so I incorporated that. Michael Lamenda, who played Nick Massey on Broadway in Jersey Boys and in the Clint Eastwood movie, what he did during the pandemic is he started a graphic design company. And so he did the graphic design for it. Wow, that is really cool. R Rory Max Kaplan, who played Hank in Bro on Broadway in Jersey Boys, his side hustle was to, he, his parents own a recording studio. And he started doing remastering of old recordings and doing recordings and book recordings. And so he recorded me reading the whole book. And it took us endless weeks to record it. it the, the finished recorded book is 26 hours long. Wow. But I read the whole thing from cover to cover. Wow. And is it releasing? Uh, it, it, you can buy it on Amazon now. It's in hardcover, softcover, Kindle, and the audiobook. Wow. I I have been reading your book and I've just been so amazed at what you did during the pandemic and what you're doing now. And as the title says, uh, you were quote unquote stage managing a pandemic. You're a stage manager, right? Exactly. Yes. Right. Um, what shows have you done stage managing on? So the, I started out as the original stage manager on Jersey Boys and then became the supervisor. And as the supervisor, I didn't do the show every day, but I stepped back. I was responsible for the casting. And every time we put up a new company all over the world, we would cast it and uh, stage it and put it up. The director would come in for like the last two days. We would get it up and running and then... Once it was running, I would go back every six weeks or so and note it. Mm -hmm. So um, at one point, I think we had seven companies running at, at the same time. Wow. But we put together about over, I did it for 16 years, and we put together about 20 companies of it. Wow. The first one I directed completely on my own was in Holland, and all the actors were speaking Dutch. So that was a trip. <laughs> Do you know how to speak Dutch? Not a word. <laughs> that must have been a, a really cool experience for you, though, being able to, like, direct a show in another language that you don't know. Well, it, what was interesting is that acting is acting. So mm -hmm. that if you pick a show that you really know, it's like, say, say it's even something that you've written yourself. If someone speaks it even in gibberish, but they're doing the right rhythm and the right emotion for it, you can follow it. Mm -hmm. So if, if, uh, if I'm saying, I'm going to the park, what? I'm going to the park. And someone says, you can still follow what's going on. Yeah. So I, I could actually, I found I could, even though I didn't speak a word of what they're saying, I could follow what the actors were doing, even in a monologue, and say, I think you dropped a line. Because something didn't make any sense to me in the middle, emotionally. Mm -hmm. So it was totally fun. Wow. And, and 
Uh, one, sorry, sorry, what were you going to say? No, I was just going to say, so Jersey Boys kind of occupied me for 16 years. But before that, I did a lot of other shows, including I did the first national tour of Wicked. Wow. Which went out. I did, I've worked with Bernadette Peters on stage twice. First in Annie Get Your Gun and then in Her Gypsy. Um, and I did a uh, David Mamet play with Patti Lapone. And then I've spent about 20 years touring with Patti Lapone and her concerts. Wow. Um, all, all over the country. And I just started, bef- just before the pandemic, touring with Mandy Patinkin as well. So uh, I spend a lot of time with all of these people that honestly, when I was 15, I was standing at the stage door trying to get their autographs. And now I kind of find myself, you know, telling them what to do and where to go. Yeah. <laughs> it's very weird. Yeah, that is, like, that is absolutely incredible. And what is, like, your favorite part of stage managing, being able to do that in shows? I, I, you know when you go into a museum or a historical place or something like that, and there are all these doors that say no admittance uh, mm-hmm. or authorized personnel only. As a stage manager, everything that happens in the theater is my business. So the actors don't necessarily get to be in with the director and the writers. The writers don't necessarily be able to be in with the actors. I get to be everywhere. Wow. And, uh, and especially with Jersey Boys and now with Karate Kid, it's a very hands-on experience. And the, I've done enough now that they involve me at a much deeper level that maybe than when I started out, which is so exciting. That is, like, did you have to study for this? You can study for stage managing, but I n- never did. I, I, I went to college here in New York. I went to Columbia. And, like, my sophomore year, I was like, I'm bored. I need to do something. And so I l- wrote letters to a bunch of off-Broadway theaters and said, I'll work for free. And one theater wrote me back and said, we need somebody to help out on this show. And... Um, do you know who Bill Irwin is? That sounds really familiar. He, he, I, I know he, I should know he's, his name. He's a mime who's now an actor. I think he's won a Tony Award now. Um, and this was his first show in New York. And, and they brought me on the show, and I wasn't getting paid anything. And this was my sophomore year in college. And then uh, I was the production assistant on it. And then when it came time to go to the summer, the show was a hit. And so they said, we're going to pay you $100 a week. Mm-hmm. And I said... Oh, that's okay. You don't have to. I, I was actually embarrassed that they were going to pay me. I said, you don't have to pay me. I'll, I'll keep working for free. And the stage manager at the time grabbed me by the collar, <laughs> pushed me against the wall, and said, don't ever say anything that stupid again. Somebody in the theater offers you money, you take it. <laughs> so, and, and that show ran through the summer, and I sort of every job I got, I, I was going to be an actor. Um, but I don't sing. So I was like, the, the work was good. I didn't think I was going to get a lot of work. And so I was stage managing as my day job. And, I, and that show led to another show. I did a show called A My Name is Alice with a, a lot of people who went on to win Tony Awards who were all wow. 20 at the time. Uh, Tanya Pinkins was in it, Randy mm-hmm. Graff, um, uh, um, uh, Donna Murphy. There was amazing people in there. And they were all in their 20s, as was I. And And... We all started out sort of together at the same time, and it just kept going and going and going. And finally, at some point, I realized, why am I trying to be an actor when I am a stage manager? Mm -hmm. Do you still do acting from time to time? 
only really when I'm forced to. I, I was I was thinking about singing when when you when you had Josh singing and, and like I, I really don't sing at all. But I remember a rehearsal at Annie Get Your Gun where we were putting in a new Buffalo Bill, and we were doing the "There's No Business Like Show Business" number, and I had to be um, one of the other guys. There's four people in the number. I think I had to be Frank Butler. So I had to be somebody who wasn't there. So it was Bernadette Peters and two other people and me. And I didn't even think about the fact that I was going to be singing, let alone singing into Bernadette Peters' face. And I truly can't hold a tune. And I was, so I was like, and, and Bernadette literally at one point said, sing out. I'm not singing out to Bernadette Peters. Thank you very much. <laughs> Are there times where the line between stage managing and being in a show is sort of blurred, like you are also part of the cast? Because I know there are some shows that, like, like Into the Woods-ish, like it breaks the fourth wall, like shows like that. There, I feel like I'm part of the show because... Uh, we, as stage manager, we call all the lighting cues and all the set cues. So everything, we're responsible for the flow of the show. And the Mandy Patinkin actually said that what he looks for in a stage manager is someone who's going to breathe with him. Because when he's alone on stage and he goes, he wants the lights to go out at the same time he's exhaling. Wow. And so you literally, I have to get into his breathing rhythm to call them so that it happens exactly when he wants it. And of course, I have to then anticipate when he wants it because I have to say go before he exhales. So I have to know him well enough to know that that's what it's going to be. And when that, when it, when somebody like Mandy or Patty or even Bernadette, when I get, when I work with them enough that I really know what they're doing, then I really do feel like I'm part of the show. And when you get a huge ensemble of people who are all singing and you're breathing with them, that's thrilling. I don't know that the actors feel like I'm part of the group, but I feel like I'm part of the group of the actors. <laughs> what is it like having your book um, being able to be bought here at the Broadway Makers Marketplace? One of the things that's been so great about this book is all the people who are working in theater who are figuring out how to do other things besides theater while we were sh shut down contributing to it. And I was like looking around at Broadway Makers Mart and I'm looking around at books like the the musical theater, but it's just a bunch oh, of dogs. Oh my book, gosh. Which I love that you book. You know, from Broadway Barks, this is like right up my alley. Oh yeah. So like all of these amazing oh artworks of dogs it's all so from Broadway horrible. shows. It's just totally fantastic. And then there's also this. Uh, we actually interviewed the person who made this. It's uh, Broadway shows, but it's just a bunch of cats. We have uh, West Side Cats. There's a Phantom Cat one. Um, and they can, they're only sold here at the Broadway Makers Marketplace, which is really and, cool. And the amazing thing about our community is that they're endlessly creative. Oh, yes. And so having a place like this to come where people can buy stuff that people have made um, both from both sides of the footlights um, is really exciting. Yeah. And it, it's, uh, I'm, I'm really honored to be a part of it, too. Uh, so, Richard, what is Broadway Barks? Okay. 23 years ago, I was doing Annie Get Your Gun with Bernadette Peters. Every year, twice a year, the Broadway Cares community comes together to raise money for Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS. And we hold the red buckets, and, we, mm -hmm. and each show 
does all sorts of different things to raise money. Hugh Jackman very famously auctions off his T-shirts. And th that, that year, Bernadette said, we're going to win. And so Bernadette and her assistant would come in with stuff that she got out of her, her closet, and we would auction it off. Um, we, we would we'd get jewelry, and we had earrings and necklaces um, and a bracelet, and we would put them on Bernadette for sun in the morning, moon at night. And she would go and she would sing this, the, the number with that. And then that night at the curtain call, we would auction those pieces off. And she would you know, sign them and take a picture mm. with them. So we were going to win, and we did win that year. We, we raised about $300,000 that wow. year, which was amazing. And then at the end of it, I was in the dressing room with Bernadette, and Bernadette said, well, what do we do now? And I said, well, maybe we should do a dog show. And Bernadette has always been a pet lover. And she, she has two dogs, and at the time she had a cat. Um, and the cat was often at the theater because the cat wasn't well. The cat's name was Murphy. Beautiful, beautiful cat. And um, we would hang out in her dressing room. And so she said, okay. So we thought it would be easy to get all these New York animal shelters to come down together, and none of them wanted to do it. None of them were into it. So our idea was that the animal shelters would bring their dogs and cats, and we would get famous people to introduce them. So nobody really was all that interested. We got three shelters to agree to come down, and they brought, they didn't bring any dog that they thought they could adopt. They brought all their older dogs and, you know, the dogs that maybe had something a little bit wrong with them or needed mm -hmm. extra help. And we got... Um, uh, Tom Wopat, who was with uh, Bernadette, did it. Um, Joel Gray, who was a friend of Bernadette's, uh -huh. did it. And we got, a, we got a bunch of really, Andrew McArdle did it, and Bill Berloni, who trained Sandy for the, all the Annies, um, uh -huh. came down with Sandy. And, and so we did, a, we did a little show, and all of the animals that day got adopted. Oh. Every single shelter got all of their animals adopted. Wow. And so all the shelters around the city went, huh. And so the next year, we started, we, I think next year we had about 15 shelters. We now have about 30, and we don't have any mm -hmm. room for any more. We have to rotate them in and out because we, we do it in Schubert Alley, and we get the stars of every Broadway show to come in. Mary Tyler Moore came in right at the beginning and was Bernadette's co-host for like 10 years until she passed away. And now we have special guest hosts. So Harvey Firestein's done it. Andrew Reynolds has done it. Um, I can't really say who's going to do it this year. We're going to do it again in person, um, but it's somebody good who's going to be cool. the, the co-host. And w it's just crazy. There's like 50, 60, 70 celebrities and like really big celebrities. All the stars of all the Broadway shows come down and each one takes a different shelter on stage and talks about the dogs and cats. Aww. And it's so much fun. I, I think I've actually been to one before. Um, yeah. in, in Schubert Alley. Yeah, in Schubert yes. Alley. It was... Just my sis. I know my sister loved it because she she is a huge animal person, and the sheer amount of dogs. Oh, it, there, it's all, it's it, amazing. it is so crazy because it's all packed in there, and the dogs are all crazy, yeah. and the celebs all love it. The, the Vanessa Williams took two beautiful golden retriever puppies up on stage, and she's walking up the steps, and she turns to me and she says, I'm taking these. Uh, Gloria, did, did she? She did. <gasps> and Gl Gloria Stefan adopted, uh, co-hosted with Bernadette the year uh, her show was on Broadway, and she adopted five dogs. And she, she sort of pawned one off on her sister, one off on her assistant, and kept three of them for herself. So it, it, it's totally fun. And it, it is... It is, com 
it's perfect stage management. It takes about 30 stage managers to do because it's just chaos, sheer total chaos, but everyone has a good time. So July 9th in Schubert Alley, between shows. Remember everyone, save the date, <laughs> July 9th between shows. Absolutely. Well, thank you so, so much, Richard, for being with us today, and thank you for talking about your amazing book, which you can get here at the Broadway Makers Marketplace um, and online and places like wherever they sell books, and also talking about stage managing and working with all these amazing people. Uh, like, really, thank, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to talk to us about it. Thank you so much for having me here. It's really a pleasure. Yay, thank you. Thank you all so, so much for coming here today to watch us perform here at the Broadway Makers Marketplace. Again, thank you so much to the Broadway Makers Marketplace for allowing us to be here. Make sure to follow them on all major social media platforms at Broadway Makers Marketplace. If you want to listen to the rest of our episodes, you can stream them now on theearlynightshow.com. You can follow me at Joshua Turgeon on all major social media platforms as well. Thank you so, so much for watching. And remember, you're all amazing, loved, and valid. And I can't wait to see you all soon. Bye! I have often dreamed of a far-off place Where heroes welcome would be waiting for me Where the crowds will cheer when they see my face and a voice keeps saying, this is where I'm meant to be. be hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.